Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, we've seen a lot of great stories come out this week, but unfortunately, starting off with a little bit of a soft note here. Yeah, uh, control the moment. Uh, this was posted on the uh, USTA website uh, earlier this afternoon. Uh, control the moment. Star three-year-old pacer, winner of the Meadowlands pace, was eight of nine in the win column as a two-year-old. Just uh, an outstanding career and a promising career to look forward to. Had to end his career because uh, of an injury, and uh, we couldn't really find out what the injury was, but that did force him to uh, retire. It will uh, not have an impact on his ability to breed, according to the USTrotting.com website, uh, and hopefully he'll have a long uh, stallion career. But um, an announcement that, you know, short of the little brown jug, Mike, just a couple of weeks away, and, uh, you know, we were really looking forward to that matchup of control the moment and racing hill um and betting line and uh, unfortunately we're not going to get it but uh well control the moment is is uh safe at least and uh, obviously it's not life-threatening and uh, we'll go on to uh, a life of uh, being a stud mike yeah definitely control the moment showed a lot of grit in uh, his career he raced super great in the pepsi north america cup uh you know, just just was a fine fine animal and uh, it's unfortunate but uh you know it's on the greener pastures yeah, it certainly is. Uh, and, you know, I mean, things like this happen in racing. I mean, you talk to all the horsemen and horsewomen and, you know, things like this happen. Unfortunately, it's a part of the sport, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, here we see it again. But, 
you know, I mean, things go on and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, control the money. And the main thing is that control the moment's okay. And, uh, you know, he'll uh, live out the rest of his life happy. But, uh, you know, certainly heartbreaking news for us racing fans who are really looking forward to that uh, triumphant and hooking up in the little brown jug in Delaware, Ohio. Yeah, definitely. Well, for those of you who are looking at our website at posttimewithmikeandmike.com, uh, we appreciate you uh, bearing with us. We do have the embed link there now for you, and it is playing as it was playing for me just a second ago. Well, Mike, we've got an action-packed show coming up, and uh, as soon as I pull up my uh, – I guess i, I, I got to be better prepared for this stuff, man. I gotta, well, I listen, show long well, listen we've got uh, quite a guest coming up here in just a few minutes, John Vitel. From Rockingham Park, and I know we talked to Rick Kane, uh, the racing secretary uh, or former racing secretary from Rockingham Park, a little bit about this, some memories last week. But John Vitale has been there for a long time. He was there for 30 years. And, of course, for those of you that don't know, Rockingham Park had to close their doors after over 110 years in existence last week. And they have actually haven't raced live in a few years. Um, but they were open for simulcasting, and uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, boy, we're just we're just opening up the show on a complete downer, aren't we? Holy moly! Uh, so uh, anyway, so we're going to bring John Vitale on. We're going to talk about op- hopefully some happier moments and memories from the Rockingham Park. Plus, for those of you who don't know who John Vitale really is, he wore a lot of hats up there. He was the track announcer up there. But what does he do in his spare time? Or I shouldn't say spare time. He he's a he's a professional wrestler, Mike. He he wrestles oh, under man. the name Fabulous Johnny Vegas, and I had a chance, and I was interested, so I had a chance to watch some of his matches on YouTube. Good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, plays the heel role uh, <laughs> to perfection, so we're going to talk to uh, our good friend Johnny Vegas here in just a few minutes, Mike. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. We're also going to talk to Barry Brown from Harris, Philadelphia. Mike, you guys got a big night coming up with your 10th anniversary, and it's uh, going to be an exciting night of racing tomorrow night. Uh, Josh Sutton, Mike, I got to tell you, it was so much fun to watch Josh Sutton absolutely dominate last Saturday. And uh, he's going to talk about his uh, $250,000 wins times four, Mike. He, uh, he made Jim Daly a ton of money on Saturday night. Yeah, he had a great, great night. Trainer Jim Daly won three of those four races that Josh Sutton was piloting. And even what was more amazing was two of those races, Josh Sutton was on post eight. And we actually taped that interview because Josh Sutton's in action tonight over at Scioto. And and as I was editing and going through that interview a little bit, Mike, uh, one of the things, and I don't want to, you know, take the cat out of the bag. Of course, I want everybody to listen to the interview. But you asked a great question about, boy, none of those wins were given to Josh on a silver platter. I don't think any of those four stakes wins were on the front end. Everybody, everything was has come from behind and so it was really a a a driving uh clinic that josh sutton put on out there yeah he had to come from off the pace and uh, the one race where he broke stride we'll talk about this a little bit later on but the one race where he broke stride he literally had to come four and a half wide off the turn to come home to win and uh it was definitely an exciting exciting night for josh Vitale on deck here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. When we come back, we're going to talk Rockingham Park with John Vitale. We'll be right back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Get a huge boost to your bankroll for all of summer's best racing at Bet America. All new players can double their first deposit up to $300 with Bet America's 100% deposit bonus. That's the biggest sign up bonus in the industry. Sign up today and start playing the Bet America way. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a disqualification. It doesn't get much worse than picking a winner that ends up being disqualified after the race. 
What if you could eliminate the stress of sweating out a steward's inquiry? At Bet America, we're here to help. Introducing Inquiry Relief. Any winners of a graded stakes race will get paid out even if they are disqualified after a steward's inquiry. Check BetAmerica.com for details and side effects. Get the relief you deserve with Inquiry Relief only at BetAmerica.com. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations racehorse adoption program we're back on both sides with mike and mike presented by our good friends of bet america mike bozich alongside of mike carter plenty to come on this edition as we're just getting started on Post Time with Mike and Mike a little bit later on in the program. Our good friend, uh, track announcer of Running Aces Casino and Racetrack, Darren Gagne, will wrap up the season. They had a tremendous uh, weekend card full of uh, Minnesota Sire Stinks, and Darren Gagne was there for it, obviously, and via the track announcer. And uh, he's going to talk a little bit about that in our final Running Aces segment of 2016. Boy, has time certainly flown by right now we're going to talk to our good friend up at uh, rockingham park he's the track announcer a guy that did a lot up there uh john vital john welcome to the program my friend hello mike and mike how are you guys uh, we're doing fantastic and uh, listen great, one great. thing that's like i said one thing that's very interesting uh that people are going to learn before you hang up that telephone is we're going to talk about your professional wrestling career because i find that astounding <laughs> i mean i told you that that uh, me and my son, my four-year-old son, are, are big-time yeah. wrestling fans. So we're going to get into great, that. Great. But, uh, you know, John, first things first. I mean, uh, yes. Rockingham Park is a place that uh, had a story tradition in the sport of uh, racing after a hundred and over 110 years, uh, closed its doors here this past week. Uh, has it sunk in yet to somebody like you that's been there for over 30 years? Uh, a little bit, only because, uh, you know, we're really never closed. We're closed four days a year, Thanksgiving, Easter, Christmas Eve, and Christmas Day. So to show up on a day like today and have nobody there, it was either, you know, was there a power outage or was there a snowstorm? Weather was fine, and it was just a real, it's a real different feeling now. It's very sad, and uh, it's, it's a little tough to swallow, but it is sinking in more and more as the days go by. Now, John, you were there a long time uh, as their announcer. Of course, you wore many hats. Uh, talk about some of the uh, some of the better days, so to speak. Uh, some maybe some fond memories, some horses that uh, maybe stick out in your head. Well, when I, when I first got there, they after there was a fire in 1980, which destroyed uh, the grandstand. It was uh, you know bought by the new owners, the current owners, and rebuilt and opened in 1984. I came in April of '85, so after a year, they were open. And the 80s and early 90s, it was a great time. Um, live racing, uh, we re- 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 <laughs> it's easy for you to say. We raced year-round for a couple of those years, and uh, it was just it was exciting. There was no there was no simulcasting. We you either raced live or you were closed for the day. Uh, business was great. Uh, and then the the 90s came, and Foxwoods Casino opened in Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, and <laughs> trained us a business there. 
And uh, then simulcasting happened, and it was you know kind of brought back a little bit because you could go you know come to the racetrack here in Salem, New Hampshire at Rockham Park and wager on race at Turfway Park or Yonkers or you know Saratoga or anything like that. So it was, it was kind of cool when when simulcasting came about too. Um, and then in '94 is when I uh, was asked to be the announcer, and uh, all the way up and through uh, 2009. So. I called the races from 94 to 2002 of thoroughbred racing and 2003 to 2009 harness racing. And a lot of cool, uh, you know, cool racing happened. We had Friday night racing, which we called date night. You know, a lot of guys and girls came out for Friday night. They had a great seafood buffet in the dining room. And, uh, you know, the, they kicked off the weekend great. You know, a nice warm July summer night, and you're out at the racetrack. And it was an outdoor barbecue, and the weather's great, and people are happy. It was a, it was really good time. So we had some really good years, and uh, you know we even had uh, in 1991 we had the richest race that we've had the $500,000 New Hampshire Classic. It was part of a uh, American Racing Championship Series thing, and it was on uh, ABC TV. And Jim McKay was out, and it was a great event then too. That was I believe 1991. So a lot of a lot of happened. A lot of things have happened. A lot of people have come and gone, and. Uh, it was really a rocking was a good time while it lasted, and uh, it is sad that it's gone. Yeah, certainly. And you know, looking, uh, I mean, here we are in 2016, and I don't think there's any secret uh, where the horse racing industry is right now. I mean, you have racetracks right. with slots, and you have racetracks mm-hmm. without slots. So basically, you right. have the haves and the have-nots are uh, you know kind of left to try to struggle along and try to make things work. Um, the how much do you uh give to the ultimate demise of Rockingham Park uh uh failure to get slots i mean obviously that you know that's something that i know you guys have wanted and every track without slots wants it but uh it was certainly big there wasn't it oh absolutely you know in, in a small market like that you you need to be fueled by slot machines especially the way excuse me, the way um, gambling has evolved and younger people now gambling, they want a quick return on their investment. They want to put a quarter in a machine, pull the lever. Did I win? No. Let's play again. You know, the, the machine tells you whether you win or lose. Horse racing is an art, and it's it's special. You know, you have to study if you want to win, and, you know, you read the form. You read the program. With, with the, you know, other forms of gambling, there's not a lot of thought involved. And, it, you know, what gambling has done to fuel some of these race checks is resurrected some of them, like Delaware Park. You know, Mountaineer Park, Prairie Meadows, Fort Erie up in Canada, all these racetracks that were small and, and not doing well, you know, and they turn around now and everybody simulcasts these racetracks. It's like people ask me, they had never heard of Prairie Meadows before or Sunland Park or any of these like that, that that we brought in for simulcasting. It's like the racing got better because of the, the fueled by the slot machines. You know, Delaware Park was similar to we were, you know, 60000 70000 a day in purse money. And then they get slot machines. They're up to two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand, two and a quarter a day for purse money, and and it benefits everybody. I mean, the people who want to come and play the slots, but then it helps the horse people too. They can run their horses. They don't have to run them, you know, every week. They can run, you know, once a month because the purses are better. And people, some people that make the laws or decide whether we should have gambling or not, decide that gambling is bad, and they don't look at the overall picture that it can really help. The, the community, it can help the economy, all the area businesses. And so it's really, uh, really hurt us and eventually closed us. 
Now, John, looking forward as far as harness racing goes, what do you think is an industry uh, that maybe we could do better, so to speak? I mean, whether it be marketing or promos or, you know, even if it's enhancing the new customer experience. You know, that's a, that's a very popular question because people are always looking at how is, you know, how has racing evolved and, you know, it has slipped away. You know, people call, especially thoroughbred racing, call it an old man sport. Again, because of the fact that you really have to study a little if you want to be successful. It's not like, uh, you know, playing a roulette table and you, you pick a number. You know, you can pick a number in horse racing, but your odds aren't that good unless you kind of do some studying. Or if you want to be consistent and win, you know, at horse racing, you have to you have to learn and study. As far as, you know, increasing people's awareness of it, you know, thoroughbred racing is different. You know, everybody knows the Kentucky Derby. They get that boost. There's no big harness racing that the world knows. You know, um, harness racing is, is different. It's It has a different audience. You know, um, harness people will play thoroughbred racing, but thoroughbred people won't really play harness racing. It's one of those things, you know. So there's not a big crossover between the two. Um, but, uh, you know, to get more people into harness racing, I don't know. I don't know. It's, you know, you get the Hamiltonian it's a, you know, a huge race, but other than that, there's not a lot that people can grasp. You know, people, uh, they they take in the, the, the Kentucky Derby. You know, everybody knows the Derby. Uh, you know, we had people the, the people who walk in the door, I've never been here before, but I'm here to play the Derby. You know, my grandmother knows the Kentucky Derby. But if I say to her about right. some other, you know, harness race, they don't know. You know, they don't know. Well, visiting with uh, John Vitale from Rockingham Park. John, let's talk about... Uh, for those of, uh, and a lot of people, of course, don't know Harness Racing fans, that uh, you are a professional wrestler. And uh, you go under the name uh, Fabulous Johnny Vegas. I've seen a couple of your matches on YouTube uh, in, in very, very good stuff. I mean, oh, uh, very entertaining. And uh, tell us a little bit about that, how, how you got involved with that and where you, where you got the persona of uh, Johnny Vegas. Well, probably uh, I've been in it for about 21 years. Uh, well, it actually started because one of my friends was, was wrestling. And I answered an ad back in 1990 of a guy that wanted a ring announcer and a play-by-play guy and would tape everything, but it never made television. But I said, yeah, I'll kind of do that. And I never really wanted to get the ring. And the guy kind of ran out of money. So one of my friends that I met through that was doing some training. Uh, at a facility, and I would, I said, well, I'll, I'll kind of go and watch and give you some feedback on what I think looks good and what doesn't look good. And there were a couple of smaller guys there, one in particular who happened to be one of my closest friends in wrestling. He was my size because we're not huge. And I said, well, I'll get in the ring and we can do a couple of things because uh, he didn't have many people his size. And one thing led to another. I ended up uh, doing more things. And at the time, I was kind of doing some part-time managing, a managing role in wrestling, but never in the ring. So finally I started training, and the guy training says, you know, you'd be better inside the ring than outside. So that's how it all started. And as far as my name, Fabulous Johnny Vegas, I actually, uh, when we were, the guy that was training me, we were discussing on a persona, and I said, I want to be, there was a, do you remember the, the movie The Blues Brothers? Oh, yeah. Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi. Mm-hmm. Well, the trumpet player was called Mr. Fabulous. I said, oh, that's a great name. I think I, I want to be like Mr. Fabulous. And then the guy training me says, you know, I love Las Vegas. Really, I love Las Vegas. I've been like 25 times. Yep. So I, he says, you like Vegas. Why don't you do something with Vegas? And I said, oh, that's it. I'll be 
Johnny Vegas. And I said, no, I'm going to make do one better. I, you go to Vegas, and there's a big sign when you enter that says, Fabulous Las Vegas. I said, I'm going to be Fabulous Johnny Vegas. And that's how that started. <laughs> that, that's beautiful. And I'll tell you what, it, uh, you get the crowd riled up. And obviously, that's a, a big thing about uh, you know being in the entertainment profession. I mean, whether you get, you got to get them to either love you or hate you, but you better get them to do something because that's, you know, that's the entertainment business. And uh, you certainly that's do a it. great job with that. John, what's, what's next for you? What's next for John Vitel? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's really hard right now. I mean, we have been, a lot of us that are still at Rock Empire closing things down now have been there many years. Like I, I have one of my friends that's not in the racing business. He said, Oh yeah, send, send me a resume. I'll give it to my boss. I go, I've been there over 30 years. I don't have a resume. Mm-hmm. When, you know, I was young when I, when I was there and uh, I, I don't have a resume. So now I, I think uh, racing is done. So I will. I am taking a real estate course. I think I'm going to see how that works out and see what I can do in real estate. So All that, right. That's where I'm headed personally. All right. Well, John, listen. We certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend, and uh, I am uh, it's, very it's a pleasure. And we got to have you back because I want to talk a little bit more about this uh, wrestling thing, my friend. Anytime. Uh, in fact, I'm at the, I teach at a school in North Andover, Massachusetts, and uh, I'm at, uh, at the facility right now, so I'm getting ready to uh, teach and pass on some of my wisdom, I hope. All right. Well, get to work, my friend. I appreciate the call, and yeah, call me back anytime, or I'll call you and let me know when you want to do this again. All right. You got it, John. Thanks, buddy. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. All right. That was uh, John Vitale. Mike, this what an interesting guy. I mean, here's a guy that's been a Rocky Park for over 30 years, does a lot of different things, uh, was a fantastic race announcer, uh, does professional wrestling. Uh, I mean, just, you know, just a, a cry and shame for all them people up there to have to lose that racetrack that's been there for so long. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the, the worry is always there in the back of your mind. You know, you've yep. got to wonder if, you know, when, when you go to work, that next day, it, you know, is the track still going to be there? And, you know, unfo- you know, fortunately for me and you, we don't necessarily have to worry about that, at, at the, at the, as you would say, at the present. But, you know, it, it's a very, 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 very real possibility for a lot of people. And unfortunately, when these racetracks close, Mike, it's a, uh, it's a devastating thing because, uh, you know, a lot of people lose their jobs. A lot of people are affected, displaced. You know, it's not just the horsemen. You've got mutual clerks. You've got management. Like John said, he's been there 30 years. He doesn't have a resume. So, you, yep. you know, you got to look back on it and, you know, what do you do now? Yeah. I mean, in, in sooner or later, racing's going to take a stand. But, I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, Mike, that's for a whole show. <laughs> you know, that's, we're going to have to dedicate a whole show. I mean, when everything, when, when the grand circuit and everything kind of dies down and when we get back into the winter months, uh, you can definitely expect some roundtables on this program. And we're going to try to bring together some of the biggest and brightest minds in the sport of harness racing. And we're going to try to come up with some solutions on this program because I think the exchange of ideas, and I should rephrase that, the positive exchange of ideas let me say that again yes the positively promoting racing the positive exchange of ideas is what's uh, <laughs> sorely needed and speaking of something positive mike 10-year anniversary uh celebration is coming up tomorrow night at harris philadelphia and when we come back we're going to have uh, the director of racing operations barry brown tell us all about it you've got post time with mike and mike presented by bet america 
Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. All right, we're visiting live with the Director of Racing Operations here at Harris, Philadelphia, Barry Brown. And uh, Barry, very big night coming up tomorrow night here at Harris, Philadelphia. Uh, we've got uh, our 10-year racing anniversary that we're celebrating, very special post time, 6.05. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, let's go into the time machine. Let's go back to day one, back in 2006. What are some of your favorite memories, some of your thoughts of that particular day? Well, you know, one of the things that right right off the bat is some of the lead-up. Um, one of the great things that, that I can always reflect back in my career was having the opportunity to open a racetrack. And in the months leading up to September 10th, 2006, not only myself, but the, the, the great folks that worked here, uh, Mike Tanner, current executive uh, director of the United States Trotting Association, was our first director of racing operations, having the opportunity to work with Mike and get this place open and seeing all of what we went through in that summer of 06, all uh, uh, play out on September 10th was uh, uh, just absolutely awesome and and on that day one of the things that I remember was uh, the amount of people that were here as great as some other days that we've had we've hosted events like Super Stakes Sunday our Kentucky Derby days there will never be that many people in this building that were here that day the estimates were uh, we thought there was over 5,000. I remember reading one news account showing that uh, it was estimated at over 10,000. Route 291, which is the road which leads into the facility, that thing was that road was backed up. Uh, I want to say miles as cars were trying to get in here. So that's one of the great memories for me. And this was an old uh, before it was Harris Philadelphia. It was an old uh, shipyard, wasn't it? It was a Navy shipyard um, and uh, Caesar's Entertainment. 
was going through a process to locate uh, a property, a location, and settled on uh, this location uh, right on the river. And yeah, it was an old Navy shipyard. Yeah, and it's certainly a gorgeous view. I mean, from the grandstand, certainly from my booth upstairs, and uh, just a great view right on the banks of the Delaware. Ten years now, uh, Harris Philadelphia has been racing. Time goes by very quick. What are your some of your uh, fondest memories through that ten years? I mean, we've had some of the greatest paces and trotters in the world go over the Sobel. Yeah, you know, uh, we had the great opportunity to host several Super Stakes Sundays, and having uh, the opportunity to have some great horses here, Mr. Big, Market Share, this year Wiggle It, Jiggle It, and just having the opportunity to be uh, have the eyes of the racing world to be on us on some of those individual days uh, are great memories, great racing, and uh, you know when you when you work at a racetrack, you look forward to those kinds of days. Let's talk about tomorrow night, uh, 6.05 scheduled start time. There'll be a lot of going on, so it's going to be a party. It's going to be a celebration. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, first off, we're going to have some people coming back to see us. I mentioned Mike Tanner uh, earlier. Mike's going to be here tomorrow night. I, I, I invited him. I'm really pleased that uh, he's going to attend. We're going to have some other uh, employees that were involved with the operation back on 91006. Uh, and, you know, we're going to have a DJ on our grandstand patio. We're going to have food and beverage out on our grandstand patio. Uh, we're going to have a souvenir program, a pretty neat program. Uh, folks that buy the program are going to get a Harris Philadelphia backpack. Uh, there's going to be a T-shirt inside. I want to thank Hanover Shoe Farm for donating uh, the T-shirts for the day. Uh, so it's just going to be a lot of stuff going on out there. Uh, a huge Harris Philadelphia birthday cake is going to be on the patio. Uh, so it should be a, a great night, a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully we'll have a, a, a great crowd out here. All right, Barry, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. Well, I had a chance to sit down and talk to Barry Brown. Of course, that was recorded, Mike, earlier in the day. And and uh, I do have the program uh, for tomorrow at Harris, Philadelphia. And uh, in that program, Mike, are some of uh, Harris Harness happenings that happened throughout the uh, 10 years. Uh, and I just want to read a couple of them to you because one of them actually really equates to today and this weekend. Uh, September 27th, 2009. There were three dead heats to win on the same card. And I believe, Mike, to this day that that is still a record. Wow. Three dead heats on the same day. That's unbelievable. Three dead heats to win on the same day. Now, in 2014, Mike, market share posted uh, an astounding 150 and two victory the fastest trotting mile ever on a five eighths mile track at that time now that was back in 2014 uh and since the horses had to battle some problems only had one year or one win out of nine starts in 2015 this year uh had only four starts hasn't even hit the board yet but today in the 14th race market share i don't want to say he looked like the market share of old but uh in a mid-level condition race looked fantastic swinging off cover coming four wide to win in 53 and two had plenty more left in the tank for hall of famer dave miller who by the way at harris philly had eight wins yesterday so congratulations to uh him and wiggle it jiggle it uh, here this year, raced in 147-3, the fastest mile ever at Harris, Philadelphia. We know the accomplishments of him. Jeffers Party was the most wins by a pacer, 31. Lolique had the most wins by a trotter, 25 at Harris, Philadelphia. So it's going to be a great, great uh, evening tomorrow night, uh, post time, 6 o'clock. And, uh, hey, I'm doing a great job of plugging the home track, ain't I, buddy? 
<laughs> yeah, you are. Listen, <laughs> almost freaking took the night off to come down there. Uh, it's going to be a great night of live racing. And uh, let's listen. Hey, man, I'm hoping that you guys get, uh, you know, a couple of thousand people out there. It would be nice. Well, they're having the birthday cake tomorrow. They're going to have a 10-year anniversary birthday cake, and I am not jumping out of it. <laughs> no comment. No, just, so no anybody, comment. just so everybody is clear on that. <laughs> no comment. All right, Mike. Listen, when we come back, we're going to talk to you. Or I had a chance to sit down with Josh Sutton. Mike, how would it feel to win four, not one, not two, not three, but four $250,000 races on the night? Yeah, well, we're going to find out in just a moment with our good friend Josh Sutton, who had a chance to sit down and talk with us. And, uh, Mike, this is a little bit of a, an interesting show because, I mean, Barry had some things going on tonight. Josh Sutton had some things going on tonight. Uh, so uh, we had uh, had to do a couple of taped interviews. But, hey, that's perfectly fine. We des- we desperately wanted to get Josh on the show after that big performance uh, last time, so uh, last Saturday at Northfield Park. So when we come back, we'll hear Mike Carter and Josh Sutton on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Hello, this is Kayla Straw, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. BetAmerica covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to BetAmerica receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the BetAmerica way. Sitting down with driver Josh Sutton. And Josh, let's talk a little bit about Saturday. You had a heck of a night, four $250,000 races. Uh, one, what was it like to uh, be able to win those four races? Oh, it was incredible. I mean, <laughs> words can't uh, explain how good it felt. Now, Josh, uh, we talked a little bit on Saturday about Let's Get Started, uh, who was in the fourth race. It was the two-year-old Philly championship. And Let's Get Started made a little bit of a bobble at the half, but came flying late, uh, 29-4 and four last quarter. A big, big effort. You had to come way wide off the turn. Talk about the trip there. Well, she made an uncharacteristic run. Uh, and she's such a Cadillac to drive. I mean, she do whatever you want. And for her to do that it was shocking. I mean, I, I said some uh, things when she runs. <laughs> don't need to be uh, re-spoke. Uh, but when she caught back, you know, they was trotting pretty good from the half to the three-quarter pole there. And, and I gained ground on them. And I thought I still had some trot. You know, and a lot of them horses didn't use themselves up. If I just found some room, uh, I was going to be okay. Right. Now, the two-year-old Colt Trot, uh, Josh, you drove Rose Run, Spanky, and they said some pretty honest fractions early, and they were able to come back to you, uh, but you were able to come home. The 30-second final corner uh, didn't affect you too much. Uh, talk about the trip there. Well, the week the week before the, was the last leg of the Cyrus State there at Northfield. He had a seven or eight hole or something, and I just knocked him off and kind of raced him on the end of it. 
uh, I don't want to get too stupid with him early. Well, they got a half in a minute, and he caught in the last three quarters in like 124 in a piece, and back half in 56 and some change. And I knew if I was anywhere close, no matter if it was going fast or slow, that I, I had a shot at him. And when I seen Aaron run in the first turn, uh, I mean, that just opened up the door completely. Now, Josh, talk to us a little bit again about Scotch McEwen. Uh, he had to close into some pretty uh, pretty quick fractions set early on by Drunk on Your Love, who went inside the pylons turning for home. And were you were you impressed at how good Scotch McEwen was uh, in the race? And talk to us about how uh, he was leading up to it. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was really impressed with him. He uh, he showed some great versatility at at uh, Saluda. He stung, you know. Uh, when he first a couple starts and Bill told me it's easy on him, you know, do whatever you want, but you know, we got a long summer and uh it didn't matter the fast fractions because he, he the week before at North Hill in the fourth leg, he got stung pretty good. You know, the, the horse said a second over got home twenty eight flat and he got home twenty eight and two I think for track record performance with the horse that won it. And uh I wasn't too distraught with him then because it was fast fractions. And I figured if I was anywhere close to him, when he could come from behind, he would be all right. But right past the half, he tried to run out the draw gate. And that made me a little, <laughs> a little, <laughs> a little nervous. nervous there. Yes. That's why I was three wide right past the half going into the turn. And I just kicked the plugs on him and let him set sail from there. And he's got such a wicked kick that, I mean, he's got to get up and now move. Now, what what's next for Scotch McEwen? He never saw a pylon, according to the chart, uh, in the race. And, you know, is he just that good, or is there more left in the tank? No, there's more left in the tank. I mean, he's, he's such a versatile horse. I mean, uh, he can go to the front. And with having the eight-hole, I knew they was going to start up early. That horse that I chose off from the rail, McLucky, a very nice horse, very nice horse. It was a tough decision making between those two, and then to take him out of the eight-hole to boot. Um, I, 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 I wasn't going to get away dead last. I mean, I know the horse has got enough that he can set part third over with fast fractions and have something on the end of it. And I wasn't anticipating him trying to run out the draw gate right past the half. <laughs> when he did that, I, <laughs> I kicked the earplugs and set sail with him, and away he went. Now, Josh, the last horse that you won with was my Tweetheart. It didn't seem like you had an easy way to the winner's circle all night. You had to come from off the pace in just about every one of these championships. And my Tweetheart just got up over Chris Page and Queen Anne M. It seemed like you had a couple of those where you just got up at the wire. But my Tweetheart raced an absolutely huge mile, made up five lengths between the quarter and the half, came first up, and really battled strongly. That's silly. To me, I mean, she's so much better than those other horses because she is the ultimate versatile horse to drive. She can leave a quarter and 26, and she can come first over. She can come from behind. It don't matter. But the only problem with her, I don't like stirring her up that early because then she wants to go wide open, <laughs> and it's hard to shut her down. You know? Right. But I, I, told, I told Bill going into the uh, – into the race. I said, Bill, it don't matter. Uh, I've come first over on almost all them horses. Queen them. I was first over on her and beat her two weeks in a row and the hat and can't call 
and stand on my wheel, ran past the three-quarter pole and popped my tire. It absolutely wrapped up, and she was dragging it all the way to the wire. There was like a trestle from where it was locked up, and she still finished third. Wow. With a with a tire that was locked up. And it, it, I just, I didn't care. To me, I was hoping they got medium to slow fractions, because if I'm first over with her, medium to slow fractions, it's lights out. Because I'm going kind of horse. I mean, that one out of all four wins, or all five drives, was the one I was most nervous about. And I usually don't get nervous because she was that much the best. Well, Josh, it looks like you had a fantastic Saturday night. And uh, what's next coming up uh, for Josh Sutton? I know you've got a couple of big stakes wins on your resume. Um, one right here at Orfield Park uh, not too long ago. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it the Courageous Lady that you won with for uh, Ron Burke? Yes, sir. Yeah, so yep. the Courageous Lady. What was it like to take a big stakes race like that? And uh, was that the first major career win of your uh, career? It's always nice to win any stake race especially going for 100K or, or 50K, whatever it is. It's always nice. And, uh, you know, that was not my first big win. I've had a, I've had a few throughout my career, you know, throughout the, the start and stops of it. <laughs> uh, but we've got Solida Saturday, the Jim Yurt, and uh, the Chip Noble trot. Well, you know, you guys got some of the big, you know, some of the bigger horses uh, coming in for the weekend. What's it like to see some of those bigger horses in Veda, in Veda, Ohio? Oh, it's nice always to, to see the best of the best horses race. I mean, period. No matter what state you're in or anything, it's always nice to watch the best horses race. I mean, and for me, I'm fortunate I get to drive in it this weekend. Uh, but it, it, it's good for the sport. It's good for business, and it's good for everybody. Now, Josh, you know, everybody wants to come see the Wiglet and Jiglet, and the the Freaky Pete Pete, and, or Sneaky Pete Pete. <laughs> uh, there's there's one here that Russell Swartz has, and I get them mixed up. It, always be Mickey. Always be Mickey. It's yeah. Nice to have those horses here. Now, Josh, I, I'm having some trouble getting my program pulled up. Talk to us a little bit about the uh, couple of horses you have in the stakes races this weekend before we let you go. Well, the one is Rick Dane's horse. Uh, I have no idea about him. He sent me a check yesterday. He said, have fun. <laughs> We're in the cup, have fun. <laughs> do, do what you do to get the most. <laughs> and I sent him some uh, crying laughing faces emoji. Trust us, we'll do what we can do. And uh, I don't have nothing in the tribe. Gotcha. Well, Josh, it's certainly been a pleasure. Congratulations on the uh, big Saturday that you had uh, at Norfield Park, and uh, we hope that you have continued success going forward. Well, thank you very much. Hopefully you guys will be at Delaware, and we'll get to talk some more. Sounds like a winner. We'll be right back after this quick timeout on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. All right. Well, that was Josh. Broidery Unlimited is... <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> I know you said timeout. It, that interview was tape, but uh, I forgot that you said timeout on the back end of that. But uh, anyway, Josh Sutton, an extremely underrated driver, in my opinion, Mike Carter. I mean, here's a guy that, uh, you know, goes out and gets it done, drives in the uh, Ohio circuits, uh, a lot of different racetracks in Ohio, at Miami Valley, at Dayton, at Scioto, and at Northfield Park, and uh, always, in my opinion, uh, puts his horses in positions to win, and it was really, really fantastic 
to see uh, Josh Sutton be able to shine uh, last week at Northfield Park. Listen, I think he was on camera more than anybody else all night long. Uh, I, I know I had him in the paddock twice. Uh, of course, Dave and Cody had him up front uh, four times. I told him when he came on the last time, I said, man, you're not camera shy at all. And uh, I, I got to tell you, he, he put in some big drives. And, uh, you know, I watched the first uh, the first race where he had to come from off the pace after making an uncharacteristic break. And, Mike, I was telling the camera guy who was running the backstretch camera, I said, man, he is locked in. He's in a lot of trouble. And, boy, not as soon as I said that, he fanned off cover and came flying late on the outside. So uh, Josh always knows uh, how to do a good job. And, uh, you know, the Sire Stakes guys trust him for a reason. And uh, hopefully he does well this weekend with uh, Rick Dave's horse. You know, one of the things I noticed about that interview, Mike, uh, with Josh Sutton was that he really gives you a candid description of what happened during the race. I mean, like a, a really a blow by blow. I mean, in those four races, he kind of took us around exactly what happened. I mean, so-and-so knocked into me and so-and-so hit my tire and so-and-so did this. I mean, so, you know, somebody like that is, uh, for lack of a better term, a student of the game and is really – um, you know, just studying from his drives and figuring out that when he gets back into that paddock, what he did wrong, what he did right, and improves on that. And uh, I'll tell you what, Josh Sutton is, a, in my opinion, is uh, one of the better drivers in Ohio. I mean, he's right up there with the likes of Aaron Merriman and Ronnie Wren Jr. and uh, is a great, great driver. And Mike is a great addition to uh, any driving colony, not only that driving colony, but any driving colony that he would choose to, uh, to uh, participate in. Yeah, definitely. Well, Mike, coming up next, it's our favorite, favorite segment. We're going around the horn next. And we've got a new open. Yeah, we got a new opening for it. So make sure you stick around and check it out. Uh, Post time with Mike and Mike presented by America. Get a huge boost to your bankroll for all of summer's best racing at Bet America. All new players can double their first deposit up to $300 with Bet America's 100% deposit bonus. That's the biggest sign up bonus in the industry. Sign up today and start playing the Bet America way. Here at the stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Around the horn is the easiest way, the better way, and that is how we will go. Anything more? Are you frightened to go around the horn, Mr. Christian? Are you a coward too, sir? And there it is. It ends. No fade. It just ends right there where we, where, uh, whoever did that song. Do you know who does that song, Mike? I don't even know. 
Dude, we, we be, listen, we better be, be careful. We might be uh, – we, we don't want to mention who did it. You know, we might be uh, – No, my phone's, some... <laughs> my phone's ringing as we speak. It's uh, ASCAP yeah, or whoever. The lawyers are on the – listen, my, our phones are ringing. The lawyers are already calling. Yeah. But uh, this is our – Well, um... his, name is, his, name, his name is Mike Carter, and his address is not <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, folks, this is uh, this has really become our favorite segment over the past couple of weeks. Uh, we just tweeted out about our Around the Horn segment. We want to know what you think about it. We love this segment. Uh, this is kind of our way of uh, of going through races, and we don't really go through it. As, I mean, we don't do it as quickly as we could, but, you know, Mike, we, we go through it. We highlight the big names, maybe a couple of long shots, and then we go from there. Yeah, we sure do, and uh, there's a lot of action coming up. Uh, the couple of tracks we're going to focus on is Mohawk, uh, and uh, they have some action coming up all weekend, actually. Uh, I think they have uh, some eliminations on Thursday and Friday, but the big card there is Saturday, and uh, I know they have the eliminations for the uh, Maple, Le- uh, Maple Leaf Trot, plus some uh, others there are going to be in uh, big-time action. And also, they have the big action coming up, and not too far from you. I mean, basically, it's your neck of the woods. I mean, if it's in Ohio, it is right. Mike Carter territory, right? In Sonoto right. Downs, all the uh, all the great ones are descending. The uh, this mad skirmish that is the aged pacing rank and uh, continues. Somebody said on Facebook, I don't like the word aged. I can't remember who it was. But, uh, yeah, I, they've got a point. But uh, the, the veterans of the pacing world, I guess you could say, for lack of better terms, the uh, – uh, they will be in action coming up at Sayoto and the Jim Ewart. And uh, here we go again, Mike, with Wiggle It, Jingle It. And uh, Freaky Feet Pete is back in, had the uh, Drew Post number nine, always beat Mickey's back in that race along with some others. But uh, what program do you have open, Mike? I'll yield to you yeah. and I'll go whatever direction you want to go. Well, listen, since you uh, – I had Mohawk open, but since you started with Sayoto. I did too. Sayoto. Okay. <laughs> Listen, man, we're on we're on a roll here tonight. But uh, let's yes, start with uh, let's start with the Chip Noble Memorial. Uh, it's actually um, it's Sayota's only got a couple of races, so we'll go with Sayota first. We're going to go to the fifth race at the Chip Noble Memorial. It's the Ohio Lottery race of the day, purse one hundred thousand dollars. And uh, Aaron Merriman, if you if you're looking at our program, he was listed on numbers three, four, and five, and of course he took muscle up the goal. Him and trainer Chris Beaver might get along very, very well. Maestro Blue Chip drew very well to the inside, and that 155 and two with Vic Kirby up in his uh, last performance was actually not too shabby after sixth place finish in the Graduate. Mike, he was actually at the Cleveland Classic where uh, he finished sixth. He's kind of had sort of an off-season. Uh, he won a leg of the graduate at Tioga. It was over a 5 eighths mile track, and you saw him at, in the uh, in the Maxi Lee. And then to the outside, you have Homicide Hunter and Crazy Wow. This is a very wide-open race. You know, a horse, Mike, that uh, I had, I've had a chance to see uh, back in the uh, early to middle part of August that has really regained his form is Wind of the North. And this is a horse that uh, – you know, I mean, is a good, good old horse. I mean, two hundred fifty-five thousand last year. But uh, you know, when it comes to facing the the tougher horses of the of the uh, the age trotting division, uh, you know, sometimes uh, things can get a little bit tough for him. But Wind of the North was able to reel three straight very impressive wins together, and then in the winners over at Pocono, was uh, just had a terrible trip from post six. Was parked the first quarter, then parked to three quarters, and uh, obviously had every chance to tire. And whether he I don't know. He still came home in twenty-eight and two. Now you're getting one of the 
Great drivers in Ohio, Chris Page driving Wind of the North. I think this horse certainly could be one to look up for. Uh, look, uh, you know, Homicide Hunter, I think, obviously is the favorite. Uh, if this horse brings his A game, he's going to be very tough from the outside. Uh, you know, Wings of Royalty and Maestro Blue Chip, both very accomplished uh, trotters, four year olds, draws one and two. Should be a very interesting race, but I do think for a long shot uh, play, you may want to keep your eye on Wind of the North, Mike. The $225,000 Jim Ewert Memorial is race number nine at Sayota Downs. And, Mike, here we go again. Wiggle it, jiggle it versus always be Mickey versus freaky feet Pete. This time, the trio draws outside. And you've got all bets off on the inside who doesn't have a whole lot of early speed. But, Mike, uh, I, I want to kind of dissect this race a little bit. I think that all bets off drawing the inside of these horses might actually get himself into a very good position to uh, potentially upset. Well, here's the thing, and it's it, there's a couple of interest, interesting dynamics in the race. First of all, you've got Wiggles and Freaky Feet Pete on the outside. That's number one. So you have determined speed from the outside. Number two, Brett Miller is driving Always Be Mickey, which is, uh, you know, a change. And it's going to be inter- interesting to see what Brett Miller does. He gets a horse off the gate very, very well. So Always Be Mickey, I expect, will be leaving poor position in this race. And then you've got all bets off. Now, traditional thinking, and, uh, you know, I've noticed this over the over the last couple of years is when you have that determined speed on the outside whether it's a, a five or six thousand dollar claimer or even a stakes race that the inside closes tend to do very well i really think this race has the uh, has the ability to to set up very well for all bets off who in my opinion has been knocking at the door has been showing superior late speed the last couple of starts that 25 and two close at Hoosier park we mentioned and we covered the damn patch mike on this very program. And we uh, when we watched all bets off and you were there live, and I'm going to tell you, you right past the wire, all bets off, you know, was three, four lengths ahead of everybody shortly past the wire. So if that race, if that wire was just a little bit further ahead, all bets off would have pulled off a monumental upset at 49 to one. And then he was 10 to three quarters last time at Mohawk. Tenth at three quarters, and he closed against the likes of Wiggle Jiggle and Always Be Mickey. Now he's got the inside. There's an opportunity for better striking position. A second or third over trip could be in the offing, or maybe even a ground saving uh, effort if he could find some room. And uh, I think All Bets Off has a big shot in here at the upset. I think you're going to get better than eight to one because Always Be Mickey and Wiggle Jiggle are going to be waged off the board. Plus, you have some others. I mean, Rock Eyed Optimist is accomplished. Delta Winner raced very, very well last time for driver Randy Miller at Mohawk. Luck be with you is always capable of a huge effort. So this is a great, great race. There's a lot of different dynamics in this race. You mix the five-eighths mile track into it, and uh, I think this race can get crazy. I'm picking all bets off as an upset here. You know, I, I was looking at this program, Mike. I think I'm going to go with all bets off in the Hannah contest. I, I really like his position. And, and you know, he, he was parked out most of the mile in the Canadian Pacing Derby. had come three wide off the turn uh, to make up a lot, a lot of ground. So I think all bets off is going to be the play in race number nine. Now, I will not single him in my 50-cent no. pick five. Well, no, but I mean, you know, you have to play him and maybe Wiggles and uh, always be Mickey. But I will say this, though, Mike, I will say this. You know, when you get towards the end of the year, you really want to keep an eye out for horses that are finding their form a little bit, so to speak. And, and you know, Wiggle the Chiggle has shown no signs of t- getting tired. 
always be Mickey, even though he's lost his last two, he's lost him to Wiggle It Jiggle It. But, I mean, I'm just saying, you're getting into that time of the year where you have to be really careful and you really want to be able to uh, have the ability to find the horses that have a lot left at the end of the mile. And all bets off fits that criteria perfectly, Mike, so I'm going for the upset. All right, let's go to Mohawk, folks. We're going to start with the first race. It's the $104,566 Champlain for for two-year-old Philly Pacers. And Mike Happy Hanna looked absolutely fantastic two weeks ago in The Great Lady and then flopped last week, uh, finishing sixth by eight and a half lengths. I don't agree with the two-to-one morning line at all there. You've got everyone's watching who draws the inside. That's some rock and roll Hanna in her bloodline. Mike, my pick is going to the outside, though. It's Wendy Sport, who's coming in off of a um, conditioned effort uh, last time out, winning by five and three-quarter lengths. David Miller picks up the lines for Trinity Coleman. Now, I didn't really like her trip at the Eternal Cam Nation, um, but she did close home in 27-4 against a very, very strong group. She faces a lot easier tonight. I think Wendy Sport has a big shot from the outside. You know, I agree with you, and uh, that horse had no chance in that race. They went 50 and four and you know the race come home in general in sub 56 all that she can do but there was no hope uh you know the position she had i mean she did beat up on some cheap uh some, i don't want to say cheap but she did beat up on some easier foes last time it was an easy win 53 in hand for driver trevor henry and we talked about dave miller and there was a horse uh on Dan Patch night, that was first time Dave Miller that paid 50-some dollars, and everybody looked at each other and be like, wow, Dave Miller's on this horse for the first time. How does this horse pay 50-some dollars? Well, that's, uh, you know, that's something you got to keep an eye on. So I'm going to agree with you. I think Six Wendy Sport has got a big shot in there, and Mike, we are agreeing way too much. Well, the second race, Mike, is the $4,000 Canadian Trotting Classic Elimination for three-year-old and Marion Marauder is back after what was a, uh, what was a very easy uh, Yonkers trot uh, final, if you have small town throwdown. And uh, Mike Waylifter K draws toward the inside this week. But I got to think Marion Marauder's going to have to blast off the game. Yeah, I think you certainly have to think so. I mean, Mary Marauder draws post six, but uh, I mean, once again, I mean, this is, uh, you know, Brooklyn Hill's not too bad of a horse. I mean, I thought that was a good closing effort last time uh, and got caught in some poor position in the Colonial at two to one there at the Pocono. So I think this horse could be uh, an interesting play and, uh, you know, weightlifter draws the inside, but I do think this is, uh, this is Mary Marauder's to win or lose, no question about it. And uh, Mike, uh, there is show wagering in this race. Listen, that's my, you know, that that's uh, that's my favorite. Well, Mike, real quick, uh, <laughs> uh, we're, uh, yeah, well, listen, I say real quick. It's not going to be real quick. I was I was going to play a little bit, a little snippet of something coming into this next race. Great Canadian Trotting Classic elimination for three-year-old trotters, and the Travers winner from 2013 will take charge is in the field. Well, well, do you have a snippet? Are you going to play it? Yeah. Uh, maybe who knows? Maybe before, maybe before the end of uh, this race, uh, I'll have it pulled up. But uh, Mike, yeah. I gotta, I gotta tell you, we'll take charge. Draws well towards the inside. Broke in the uh, Ontario Sire Stakes final uh, last Saturday, and uh, was really. Uh, if you go back and watch the replay, was making up uh, a ton of ground. Of course, you have Southwind Frank here, who skipped the Yonkers trot after. Winning 
the Marion Marauder. Still only won by a half a length, Mike. I think Marion Marauder is the better of the two horses, but bar hopping draws the outside, was third to Marion Marauder and Southwind Frank in the uh, in the well, the question here, from a wagering point of view, is how much are you going to put into um, home court advantage? I mean, and you've got Southwind Frank and Bar Hopping who are coming from the States, and then you've got some horses that obviously have some ability that's been battling locally uh, on the, you know, the uh, WEG scene, so to speak. I mean, you've got B in charge and, and Will Take Charge and uh, Diamond and, and those horses and a War We Room. But uh, listen, Southwind Frank is uh, – the best horse here. I mean, he avenged his win last time, or avenged his loss uh, from the Hambo, uh, which he just missed by a nose. And uh, I just missed a big super by a nose. But uh, anyway, <laughs> Southwood Frank avenged you always that miss uh, a big last time. Uh, I know. I always do. The bad beat stories. I mean, what do you think? You think bad beat stories are more prevalent in, in horse racing or poker? I think horse racing's bad beats are a lot worse <laughs> than pokers, to be perfectly honest. But anyway, um, Southwind Frank avenged that loss. I think this horse is obviously the best. I mean, three to five, I guess you probably have to try to put somebody underneath. But once again, Mike, there is show wagering. Hey, listen, I've got Will Take Charge's stretch call of his last race. You ready for this? Go. Marino fighting out of the outside. Romance is third. Will Take Charge is fourth. Moreno and Orb head-to-head. Pals Mouse coming on the same lane. And that's Will Take Charge. Moreno and Orb as they come down to the finish. Take charge with a big surge. We'll take charge of surging. And it's a photo finish. It's too close to call. So, so if he closes from off the pace like he did in the Travers two years ago, we're, we're in good shape, okay? <laughs> right. Well, it's all going to depend on it's all going to depend on his bio numbers. <laughs> That's right. Listen, we like to have some fun on this show. We got to have a little bit. Uh, $105,474 Champlain for two-year-old Pacers is the fifth race. And Mike, odds on Delray won the Metro just getting up over RJP Bay Ahead. The New York Sire Stakes uh, eligible horse, very special agent inside. But Mike, driving post six towards the outside is Ideal Wheel, in the Metro, uh, really raced well, didn't get the best of trips there, but for a two-year-old, uh, coming home in 28-2 and two is not a shabby figure. This horse has been known to go in 150. Of course, you had Southwind on the outside as well. It's going to be tough to beat odds on Delray from the inside, but Mike, I, I got to think that, you know, three to one is going to be a little bit short if you ask me. Yeah, you know, there's a couple of different horses, and once again, when you have these two-year-olds, they uh, haven't been improve rather quickly from race to race so it's a thing with them but Southwind General uh, from the outside is a horse actually I have my uh, my mind on and this is a horse that raced very very well last time I thought close 27 and 4 despite that grinding journey um, and the race before that forget it left and was shuffled and had all kind of problems still close 27 and 3 to uh, Beyond Delight who has beat many of these already I think it's just a matter of getting a trip for Southwind General I think if uh, Jody Jameson can get this horse in position and get this horse a trip I think number eight, Southwind General, has a big, big shot in here. Like this horse lots, Mike. 
Yeah, I think Southwind General is going to have a uh, is going to have a big shot to maybe uh, upset. And Mike, four to one will be a great, great price. We're going to skip race number five. Race six is the Maple Maple Leaf Trot. It's the first of two eliminations for forty thousand dollars. It's three year old and upward trotters, and it features the return of Shake It Carry, who raced in the Muscle Hill at Vernon Downs back on August twenty sixth and was second to Hanalore Hanover. Whiskey Tex Mike is back. But Flanagan Memory is a horse that uh, kind of, you know, he kind of died off a little bit last year and is really, really making a statement for himself uh, this year for trainer Renee Dion Christopher who picks up the draft. Of course, you have Resolve just to his outside. Well, what a tough trip last time, and what a gutsy effort for Resolve. Used twice or three times in that mile last time and just got picked off by Abrogado. I think he is definitely the one to beat, but, I mean, Flanagan memory, given the position that he had last race, nine to three quarters, closing in 26 and three, did all that he can do but win the race. I mean, it was flying length, just missed by a half a length. And, uh, you know, this horse can race a lot of different ways, Mike. This horse can get can go on the lead. This horse can come from off the pace. I think uh, versatility certainly is in the court of Flanagan memory. And there you, there we go again. You got some home court advantage with looks like a Chippendale. Draws the inside for uh, driver Sylvan Filion has won three of his last five. Uh, it was a really good win last time at Georgian Downs, 51-3. and three. That's moving there, Mike. Uh, and a big effort, two starts back, obviously, in the preferred. So he is battle-tested and ready to go. But uh, I honestly, I think Resolve is easily the one to beat here. But I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Flanagan memory takes it away. If you're playing a multiple pick wager, I think you could probably focus on the four and five there and be safe. Race number eight is a race that, Mike, I cannot wait to see. It's the two-year-old champion. Two-year-old papers. And, Mike, it is a wide-open affair. Just looking at the morning line, you could tell that the odds maker had a very difficult time making this morning line. You have uh, pro to the inside. You've got Beyond Delight, who won the Metro. Brutal trip. Came home in 27-3 and three off a 151-3 mile. Then that bloodline in a Metro final for uh, Doug McNair, David Miller picks up the lines here. And then on the outside, Mike, you have Better's Dream. And, you know, listen, Better's Delight has had the past few years that it's really been a joy to watch some of the Better's Delight horses. Where do you go in this field? Well, what I'm thinking here is that you're going to have to keep an eye on what happens earlier uh, because uh, beyond delight be plenty of those horses in that particular race. And if one of those horses comes up with a big effort, I think that leads credence to the effort uh, of beyond delight last time who had great closes the last two starts, uh, especially two starts ago was parked at the first quarter and still was able to outclose the field onto an impressive victory. So I do think beyond delights, the one to beat here. Uh, and that horse also can show speed as well, but obviously there are others. Uh, in here, I mean, you know, uh, sports column, we have no idea how good this horse is. This horse has done everything uh, asked, you know, better's dream. Uh, this horse coming out of that Metro had a, po- you know, just an impossible trip from post 10 and uh, gets post nine here tonight. So we're going to have to, Timmy Dietrich's definitely going to have to work out some kind of trip. Uh, you've got good speed from the inside with Windsong Napoleon and Classic Pro. I do think, um, Beyond the Light is the one to beat in here. But like I say, you really want to keep an eye on what some of these horses do in the earlier uh, race of the Champlain. And uh, that could lead uh, a big time clue to what's going to happen there in race eight. Check the 
Well, you know, Mike Hanalore Hanover's done just about everything you can ask him to do. I mean, holy moly, she's been so good. I mean, she's won 22 of 35. She's 13 of 14 this year. She's got a winning streak. She's won about $8 million in a row. And, uh, you know, she's, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Like I say, in up against the boys, that's the big thing. I mean, J.O. Cruz, I don't think J.O. Cruz is firing on all cylinders right now, Mike. So, I, you know, don't know about that. I mean, what do we know about the 11-year-old coming from overseas? Nahari's got the almost $2 million in earnings. Um, you know, El Sonio Dream is always capable of a big effort, always capable. You never know when the source is going to step up and, and uh, throw in a good race. So, I mean, Hanalor Hanover, obviously, she is very good. How good is she? She'll have to take on the boys. I think she kind of looks out here because, like I say, I don't think J.L. Cruz is really firing on all cylinders right now. So I think Hanalore Hanover is uh, probably the horse. And is there show wagering? Yes, there is, Mike. Yes, there is. Yeah, I mean, you've got betting line from the center. I mean, and this horse has just, uh, I mean, been unbelievable. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously post-10, what's going to happen there? That's going to be interesting. Lion Snyder is a horse that has shown flashes of brilliance at times, and then other times he just seems to disappear. You've got American Passport in here, Mike, and this is a horse that I always find interesting because I do think this horse has a lot of ability. Brushed to the top like he was the best last time at Tioga, 25 cents on the dollar, and gave way late. Um you know, to the likes of Fresh Cut, probably should have won that particular race. But, I mean, this horse is inconsistent. So, you know, I mean, this horse could race uh, a lot better this time and uh, really be good. But, uh, obviously, betting line. And, you know, obviously, Mike, you've got a lot of short prices in, uh, on this particular day. But, uh, you know, so I'll tell you what, I think the odds maybe start. Listen, you've got Annalore Hammer going up against the boys. That's one four five shot. And here we go, betting line from post 10. We know betting line's great with the win streak and all. Uh, but, uh, you know, hey, post 10 could uh, be a big humbler sometimes, Mike. Yeah, interesting race here. Uh, I'm going to go with a little bit of a price here. Um, I think number one, Stonebridge Sunday's got a pretty decent chance. Uh, you know, third time Rick Zeron was the favorite last time. Didn't find her stride until late. Obviously, she's going up against Tougher once again. But she has had some sniffs uh, against uh, likewise horses. This horse does draw inside. I really wasn't too sold on some of the other favorites. I mean, Candlelight Delights uh, had that great win streak, won her first four. And then her last two, she's come up a little bit short. So I'm going to try to take a chance and beat her. And I'm hoping number one Stonebridge Sunday can get a trip to do just that, Mike. Real quick, the race is preferred. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, here's <laughs> Well, Mike, here's your horse again. I'm an evening of pleasure, Mr. A. <laughs> Hoping I could get 15 to 1 last time on last week's program, but we were going over with, with the carnet. 
And uh, well, you got eighty-one to one. And actually, though, to your defense, the horse didn't really race that bad. I mean, you know, only finished within five lengths of that group. It was a tight cluster coming down to the finish. So, evening of pleasure uh, certainly um, has got a big shot here from post uh, number five. Mike State Treasurer too, uh, from post position number four. Uh, you know, is obviously going to be a little bit better in here. The Canadian Horse of the Year last year. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a very interesting race. Good preferred race. You've got Nickelback, who raced very well against Wiggle It Jiggle It as well. But uh, I'm going to go with you, Mike. I think even in a pleasure can uh, rebound to get the job done here. Right. We're going to start with Ace Simon. Thank Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is one of the premier harness racing facilities and card clubs in the Midwest. Located in beautiful Minnesota, just north of the Twin Cities, off I-35, and also available at simulcast outlets and ADWs across North America with live harness racing action May through September. For the full schedule and for more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Running Aces closed out its 2016 live racing season this past Saturday night, September the 3rd, with the annual Night of Champions program. This year's edition was made up of a total of 13 races, including two races on an early non-betting card. In total, $251,000 in purses were featured on the night, with 11 state championship events and two Minnesota preferred races. The two-year-old Philly Trot $25,000 championship event, part of the early non-wagering card, went to Silent Dreams, a dominant Philly all season long. She picked up her fifth win and seven starts this season with a huge dominating performance, winning by almost 15 lengths in 204-1 with Dean McGee in the sulky for winning trainer Brett Ballinger. The winning owners of Silent Dreams are Glenn and Jody Wilson. Silent Dreams now has over $47,000 in career earnings. The two-year-old Colt and Gelding trotting event $25,000 championship went to Liquors Quicker, also in dominating gate-to-wire fashion, 
as he posted a five-length tally off a of very soft early fractions, drawing in 205 and 3. The third win in nine lifetime starts for the two-year-old gelding trotter Lickers Quicker, driven victory by Rick McGee for owners Ulf and Susan Holm Johansson. Ulf Holm Johansson is also the winning trainer, and Lickers Quicker has now earned exactly $40,000 after taking the championship in the two-year-old colt and gelding trot. On to the betting program and the three-year-old Philly trotting event, $25,000 championship, went to whatever she's got. Owned and trained by Jenny King of Center City, Minnesota, Jerry Longo, the winning driver. It was a new lifetime mark, 159-2 to take the championship for the Philly whatever she's got. She won gate-to-wire fashion four and a half lengths. It was her 11th lifetime win and seventh win of the season. She now has over $65,000 in lifetime earnings, whatever she's got. Taking the three-year-old Philly trot again, lifetime best 159-2, and she returns $7.60 to win. The three-year-old Colt and Gelding Trot $25,000 championship went to Abra's Momentum. In the biggest upset of the night at 13-1 with Jerry Longo and the Sulky, Abra's Momentum is owned by Deborah Davis and trained by Richard Davis. It was the first lifetime paramutual win for Abra's Momentum. He picked the perfect night to get all of his ducks in a row and get that first lifetime paramutual win in 159-2. And Abra's Momentum now has just under 30 thousand dollars in lifetime earnings he returned twenty nine dollars and twenty cents at the windows the two-year-old cold and gelding pacing event twenty five thousand dollar championship went to zachariah's honor with a sharp winning effort after taking control of the three-quarter pole zachariah's honor did not look back from there with winning driver luke plano in the sulky for trainer nick roland and zachariah's honor is owned by Royal and Barbara Rowland of Iowa. The fourth lifetime win, a new lifetime mark of 157-3 for Zachariah's honor in the two-year-old Colt and Gelding Pace $25,000 championship. Zachariah's honor returning $9 to win. The two-year-old Philly pacing event, $25,000 championship, went to the very sharp Philly What It Do Baby Boo who picked up her sixth win in a row, seventh win in nine lifetime starts. The trainer is David Flynn for winning over the Van Otterloo Stables of Iowa. What it do, Baby Boo was driven to victory by Rick McGee, his second championship win thus far on the program. What it do, Baby Boo has now earned just under $40,000. Once again, for the Van Otterloo Stables and David Flynn, Rick McGee, the winning driver, and what it do, Baby Boo, pacing in 202 flat off very soft early fractions. The big, big favorite, $2.60 on the win ticket. The three-year-old Philly Pace $25,000 championship went to Cruisin' Coco. 12th lifetime win, 8th win of the season for Cruisin' Coco, trained by Joel McDaniel. Her owners, Ron Emerson and Mark Holton, both of Iowa. Cruisin' Coco paced in 155-1 off of a perfect drive from our leading driver, Nick Rowland. Cruisin' Coco takes the three-year-old Philly Pace Championship and now sports over $70,000 in career earnings. Cruisin' Coco paid $5.80. The three-year-old Colton Gelding Pace $25,000 championship went to Stucky Dote for owner-trainer Merlin Van Otterloo. 
winning driver Jim Marino. Stucky Dope posting his fifth win in ten starts this year. Stucky Dope has been very sharp the last five or six weeks of the season at Running Aces. And again, taking the championship on Saturday night in 155 flat. It was his 12th lifetime win. And now he sports over $75,000 in his career bankroll. Stucky Dote in the three-year-old Colton Gelding pace with Jim Marino returned $3. The four-year-olds and up trotting event, $12,500 championship, went to low rail crossing. The five-year-old trotting gelding owned by Lorenzo Gucci of Texas, trained by Nick Rowland and driven to victory by Jim Marino for his second championship on the program. 24th lifetime win for Low Rail Crossing, who won in 158-4 on Saturday night and added to his bankroll. He now has over 96,000 lifetime Low Rail Crossing, taking the four-year-olds enough trot on Saturday night for the championship, returning $9.80 to win. The four-year-olds and up horses and gelding pacing event went to Goody Two Socks, the sharp eight-year-old pacing gelding by Relentless Yankee. Goody Two Socks picked up his 18th lifetime win, fifth win of the season with Rick McGee, the winning driver. McGee working out a perfect trip for Goody Two Socks, taking down the championship on Saturday night in 153-4. The winning trainer is Alexia Kale on Goody Two Socks and the winning owner Seppo Hakama of Michigan. Goody Two Socks now has over $60,000 lifetime, and he paid $5.80 to win. The four-year-olds and up mayor's pacing event for $12,500 went to Flick a Fly, the very sharp track record holder here at Running Aces, five-year-old pacing mayor. Flick a Fly by Voracious Hanover, second win on the program for trainer David Flynn, second win on the program second championship for the Van Otterloo Stables. The winning owners, third overall championship on Saturday night for the Van Otterloo family. 23rd lifetime win for Flickafly, sixth win of the season. She's now earned over $175,000. Rick McGee, the winning driver, his fourth championship drive on Saturday night. Rick McGee picked up four wins on the night of championship all championship events for Rick McGee with four big wins on the program. Winning time was 156 flat. Flick of fly with a big closing effort. She paced home in 28 and 1 and returned $3.80 to win. Then in the Minnesota Preferred Winners Over $10,000 Lifetime event, it was another feather in the cap. Another big running aces performance by Roland and Rock. Driven to victory by Nick Roland. Nick Rowland giving a perfect trip to Roland the Rock, who posted an easy, easy win. 154-3, 27-2 last quarter. 11th win of the season, 33rd lifetime win. Over $282,000 lifetime for Roland and Rock. Another big running aces win on Saturday night, 154-3. Two wins on the Night of Champions program. Two driving wins for Nick Rowland. Couple of training wins as well. Three dollars and sixty cents on Roland Rock on Saturday night. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Running Aces Casino and Racetrack closed out its ninth season of live harness racing on Saturday night, September the third, with the Night of Champions program completing a fifty-three night stand of live harness racing action throughout the summer that began back on May seventeenth. 
Figures are up in every conceivable category, capping off the most successful meet in the history of the track. On-track handle saw double-digit increases, export handle up more than 22% above last year, total purses, per race average purses, overall increase of more than 30%. We also conducted the highest total number of live races in the history of the track this season as well. Huge crowds continue to be the theme throughout the season, especially large crowds on Tuesday nights and Saturday nights, and big crowds on the Family Day programs on Sundays as well. We gained more overall exposure for our racing product through a stronger presence on social media this season, as well as more comprehensive coverage of our racing through online and radio media, and the introduction of our product to TVG and TVG2 network audiences as well. On the racetrack, our equine and human star athletes shine brighter than ever with better racing than ever before, featuring blanket finishes and multi-horse photos in almost every race. Four track records were rewritten this summer here at Running Aces. Link Jack Hanover lowered the four-year-old pacing stallion mark to 154 flat with Rick McGee in the bike on June 19th. Banker Volo trotted to a new track mark for aged stallion trotters of 155-2 with Nick Rowland on July 9th. Majestic Lady Joe with Steve Wiseman also on July 9th, trotting to a new track mark of 156 flat for aged trotting mares. And My Little Susie on August the 3rd with Steve Wiseman became the fastest three-year-old trotting filly in the history of running aces with her 156-4 mile. Banker Volo also was the winning most horse of the 2016 season at Running Aces, capturing eight wins in his 11 starts here this season, most of them at the very tough open handicap trotting level. Bombshell Betty, the winning dollar, and What It Do Baby Boo all had seven wins on the season. The 2016 Leading Drivers Award went to Nick Rowland, who dominated the colony this season with 98 wins, 65 seconds, and 66 thirds in 442 races for a 353 UDR rating. He won more than 22% of his races. This was the fourth Leading Driver title in the last five years for Nick Rowland. He's also the all-time Leading Driver and all-time Leading Trainer in the history of running aces. Second in the leading driver's standings at the end of the season was Rick McGee, who had a big season as well, with 74 wins and a UDRS of 336. Steve Wiseman rounded out the top three drivers with 63 wins and a UDRS of 408. The 2016 Leading Trainer Award went to Steve Wiseman who picked up his first Aces title this season with a very strong and talented stable. Wiseman had 51 of his trainees visit the winner's circle this summer, 49 seconds and 41 thirds, posting a fantastic 400 UTRS average, also winning at more than 22%. Once again, Running Aces would like to congratulate our 2016 leading driver, Nick Rowland, and our 2016 leading trainer, Steve Wiseman. Running Aces would also like to congratulate and thank all of our horsemen and employees on a fantastic 2016 season. On the wagering side of things, the new 50-cent high-five wager was a huge success in 2016 at Running Aces. Offered in the last two races of every night's program, the high-five, 
produced multi-thousand dollar payouts over and over again all summer long with a record payout of more than $11,175 for 50-cent winning tickets during the final week of the season. The 50-cent jackpot pick six saw a record payout of more than $13,500 for a 50-cent ticket this season as well. And Running Aces posted a record trifecta pool of more than $112,000 in race number two on Wednesday, August 31st. Running Aces would like to thank all of our fantastic racing fans, both locally here in Minnesota and throughout North America via our simulcast signal, and also our new audiences on TVG Network for making 2016 a great success. Once again, thanks to all of our horsemen and employees as well. Fans, we invite you to keep up to date with all the happenings here at Running Aces during the offseason by checking out our website, runaces.com. Also, you can follow us on Facebook at Running Aces Casino and Racetrack on Facebook. We hope to see you all back here for some more great live harness racing action in 2017, which will be the 10th anniversary season of live harness racing at Running Aces. Until then, this is track announcer Darren Gagne saying thank you and good evening. We'll see you all back here at Running Aces in 2017 for live racing. Thank you very much, Darren Gagne. What a great job Darren Gagne has done throughout the uh, the span of the three the three and a half month season over at Running Aces. Uh, not only on this program, um, you know, updating everybody on the happenings at the uh, Minnesota Oval, but uh, social media, Mike. I mean, just doing a tremendous job on social media, keeping everybody updated on the happenings at Running Aces. Uh, Darren's a really good. At, uh, uh, He's an asset to the sport, and he did a heck of a job, and his race calls were really, really fantastic. Uh, he's made that product uh, a very, very viable one here in 2016, Mike. And we want to thank Darren and uh, all the guys at Running Aces, Ben Blum and everybody uh, that uh, certainly uh, you know stepped up to the plate and made it a great season there. And once again, like you say, Mike, we've got a real big announcement coming up uh, next week. Uh, so make sure you want to, you know, you want to stick around for that. And follow us on Twitter, uh, like us on Facebook here on Post Time uh, with Mike and Mike, and of course check us out on our website, Post Time with Mike and Mike dot com. Well, we certainly appreciate everybody joining us today. All of our guests, John Vitali from up at uh, Rockingham Park, uh, Barry Brown. We've got a big day of racing, uh, night of racing, I should say, coming up tomorrow at Aris Philadelphia six oh five. It's our ten year racing anniversary celebration. Make sure you check us out. Special thanks to Josh Sutton for joining us after his big four win, all stakes win at the Northfield Park last week and of course special thanks to Darren Gagne for all he has done for this program and uh, running aces casino and racetrack for Mike Carter I am Mike Bozich we'll see you next week here at post time with Mike and Mike.com and on demand at Bet America uh, here at post time with Mike and Mike we're a first post next week and a big announcement coming next week
7 p.m. Eastern. Good night, everybody. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.